We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. All right, let's get away from the big boys. Let's talk a little bit about some of the skilled players, and we're going to stay on the offensive side of the ball here. Uh, let's talk Tommy Tremble. I think this is a very intriguing prospect for me. Number one, uh, I'm not surprised he declared for the NFL draft. I hinted about this a couple weeks before. Uh, anyone that knows anything about Tommy Kramer, Tommy Tremble knew that he was looking for an opportunity to, to go to the NFL. And from what I'm told, talking to a couple different sources – he got some his you know people he his dad knows some people and and there's some connections there that he got good feedback on how NFL teams are going to view him. I I'm curious to see how what you think. Number one, I want to get your opinion, then also what you're hearing from people because it to me it's not a great tight end draft, and I think he has such a unique skill set that I think there's going to be teams that view him as a tight end teams that you know that are going to fall in love with his blocking but what i think is going to happen is when he tests i think that's going to be a game changer i think his his testing is going to is going to make people think this isn't a blocking i'm i'm saying people say oh so he's a really he could be a really good lead blocking fullback okay that to me speaks more to how he was used at notre dame than it does about what his skill set is and you're starting to see it you're starting to see some of these guys like Jer- daniel jeremiah they're now watching the film saying Hey, this guy's a whole lot more athletic than I thought he was. He, why wasn't he used more in the past game? I think Tommy Tremble's a guy that could could really make some noise when we start talking about pro days. What are your thoughts on Tommy Tremble? Yeah, well, I, I mean, just to start off with with the the. 
prospects of him. Like you just mentioned, Daniel Jeremiah is a guy that's starting to voice his opinion. Any everybody from Mel Kuyper now to Matt Miller to Todd McShay to Dane Brugler, all guys that have their inside sources and their intel are saying this guy's the top five tight end in the class, maybe tight end three, and he's going to be somewhere between rounds two to four. Like that mm-hmm. is what is being slapped on to Tommy Tremble. And I mean, it's not hard to fall in love with him because usually <laughs> guys that are that athletic because like he is a Mm -hmm. very very good athlete i agree i think he's going to be a high or a a low four six guy at 250 pounds i think he's going to test exceptionally well usually with those guys you get hey there's a lot of talent there's a lot of upside in the passing game as a move piece potentially as a mismatch weapon against linebackers and other second level defenders maybe he can run past some safeties but for tommy he might be the best blocking tight end in the draft. Mm-hmm. So now you're talking about not only does he have untapped athleticism, he wasn't a high-volume pass catcher at Notre Dame, but there's some upside there. He also, from different alignments, whether it's in line, at H, at fullback, like mm-hmm. whatever, the dude's a, a sledgehammer as a blocker. And, and so likes now, to do it. And That's he the other thing. He likes to do it. You can watch him, and it's very easy to see that he enjoys that role. So now we're not even talking about just an untapped potential in, in an athlete. We're talking about an all-around tight end. Mm-hmm. And at the top, there. I mean, I like the tight end class, the top two to three guys, but there's a significant mm-hmm. drop. Right. Like exactly. We're talking about Kyle Pitts from Florida, who, I mean, that guy doesn't want to block. You see his lower half. Like, you see he doesn't have a lot of power down there. Like, he doesn't want to do it. Tommy Tremble could, down the line here, end up being the best all-around tight end in the mm-hmm. 2021 NFL draft class just because there's just not a bunch of well-rounded players in this class. This That is the guy for me. He may be the symbol of maybe he is not the most accoladed player coming out, obviously. Maybe he was wasn't the most high-volume pass catcher coming out. But if he's able to tap into his potential and you added that into the blocking, then we're talking about a, a, a dual-threat star potentially at the next level. Look, NFL coaches, offensive coaches love what? They love Swiss Army knives, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's a receiver. They don't want receivers that can only play one spot, more often than not, unless he's elite at it, right? Uh, tight end. They don't want tight ends that are one trick ponies. NFL coaches, especially, love to have guys that can do they can do a lot of th- things with. And when you talk about Tommy Tremble, he's a guy that can go from playing fullback, like a lead blocker, to playing in a wing, to playing attached, to playing in the slot. And I think if he if he tests well, like I think he's going to test, uh, then now all of a sudden that pass game option becomes even more prominent. You know, because you're you're going to pop in the film and say. Boy, when they threw the ball to this guy, he was pretty good, you know, and and he's got some route, you know, technique issues that he's going to need to work with, but it's not, he's not far off. And and, and I, I think he's going to really impress some people. They're going to go back and watch what he did when Cole Komet was out last year and really like what he did. Um, and, and the fact he's young, I think that's the other thing is he's that strong. This isn't a fifth year senior. This is a red shirt sophomore that came out early. So uh, he's just now tapping into to me at his potential, but that Swiss Army nice as- knife aspect of what he can do is something I think NFL teams are absolutely going to fall in love with. If if he tests well, if he goes out and runs a four seven five, then I think some of that pass game stuff loses some of its luster. You, you know, you're not going to put a four seven five guy that's six three and a half in the slot, right? But if he runs a high four five, a four six. Now, all of a sudden, you're saying there's more we can do with this guy. And so that's why I think he probably more than any player in this draft for Notre Dame could see the biggest rise between now and the draft 
from uh, the measurable aspects, the pro day, things along those lines. What are your thoughts on that aspect of it? I, I mean, so we just saw last year's class, right? Like it was a bad tight end group in 2020, but we saw a goal, a guy like Dalton Keene from Virginia Tech, who is kind of that Swiss Army knife, can a very alignment versatile type of player, get drafted in the fourth round just because what you're saying, the need is there for teams. They want mm-hmm. those types of players because not only do they play multiple spots and give you a versatility of both from an alignment and just from a playmaking perspective, it also can save you a roster spot. Because now if I have a guy that can play fullback and play tight end, can do a little bit of everything, then that player makes himself so much more valuable. And mm-hmm. when we're comparing even like from just a year from now, like Dalton Keene compared to Tommy Trimble, Tommy Trimble is such a better athlete than Dalton Keene mm-hmm. is. So now we're just talking about the upside there. And I think that, you know, I mean, people are telling us it's it's out there, round two to four. That is that is the, the sweet spot for Tommy Tremble, who a lot of player te- uh, people that I think outside of the program maybe a little bit, maybe outside of, you know, deep in the draft circles, saw when Tommy declared and was like, huh, that's weird. Like he mm-hmm. had like 19 catches last year or whatever it was. Like what? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um and then a lot of people, I think, assume like, oh, Michael Mayer, you know, the writing was on the wall. Michael Mayer is a guy. Well, no. that's. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's not true because mm-hmm. Tommy Trouble plays a lot of football for Notre Dame. He wasn't right. not, not going to be on the field. And they were trying to convince him that how much more he was going to be used next year. That was their right. pitch to keep him at Notre Dame was we're going to use you more. We're going to throw you the ball. We're going to line you up outside. So they made the pitch to keep him, um, but he was he was ready to go. Yeah, no, he's ready to go. And I think he's going to surprise a lot of people because, again, we're talking about traits. We're talking about possibilities. We're talking about upside. Tommy Tremble has all that and more some, and I think that he's going to surprise a lot of people probably even earlier in his career because he might not be the high-volume guy maybe in year one, but he's going to do those that dirty work, that blocking, year one. That guy's going to be on the football field just because he brings that area of the game to the football field. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Let's talk about arguably the most polarizing uh, NFL draft prospect for Notre Dame. (laughs) Um, And that is quarterback Ian Book. Uh, I actually thought 
that he had a good good three days of practice at the Senior Bowl. I thought, but I I all but as I said, I've said in the past that Ian Book looking great in practice was never a question. That that's always been Ian Book's thing. Um, I thought in the game we saw what we always see from Ian Book on film, and you know we had this debate on our podcast at Irish Breakdown, which is. Um, what, where do you see him as an NFL prospect? And so I wanted to bring you in to, to get your view because I've, I'm a college football analyst. You're, you're a draft guy. And, and, uh, you know, where do you see him? Cause I, I, I had someone reach out to me the other day and they were like, he's the third best quarterback in this draft. And, and oh, I, man. I just, I was like, I'm out. I'm bowing out of this one. I mean, when you're coming at me with that, we're we're not even in the same universe, so we can't have a conversation. You guys at NFL Draft Bible ranked him as the ninth quarterback prospect, which um, I think it's a it's a to me there's a big drop off between the top four quarterbacks and and top five quarterbacks in my opinion. But I think there's a lot of good backup caliber quarterbacks in this class, you know, and so. Uh, and I looked back, going all the way back to 1999, there's only once that the ninth quarterback in the draft didn't get picked, and that was 2015, and they only drafted like seven quarterbacks that year. So you guys view him as a, a guy that is in – he's, he's going to get drafted based on his slotting, but n- not an NFL st- starter caliber guy. But I want to know from you specifically, what are your thoughts on Ian Book as a draft prospect – Number one, and then number two, if you were an NFL franchise, how what would you be? Would he be a guy that you would be interested in bringing in uh, to your to your organization? A lot of Notre Dame fans are gonna get mad at me about this one, Brian. I've so. I've I have never been an Ian Book guy. I mean, I'll be I'm gonna put that out there into the universe because I have because I'm I, you know, I'm not gonna shy away from that. At NFL Draft Bible, we talk to a lot of people, a lot of sources, and we make our boards dependent on not only what my staff thinks, what I think, but also a little bit of the outside noise and what we know from draft circles. I think that Ian Book is going to get drafted. Like, Let's put mm-hmm. that out there first and foremost. I think he's going to get drafted. I, If I was grading in a vacuum and I was not putting positional value into the equation, I would have a UDFA grade on. I do not think he's going to last. I'll be very honest about this. I think that there is some world in some, in the right situation because that's, I mean, quarterback success is dictated a lot by this situation that they fall into. You know, it only takes a Baltimore Ravens to love Trace McSorley coming out of Penn State for Trace McSorley to hang on for a few years. But for me, I'm looking at Ian Book and the inconsistencies that he has. I understand why some will value him as the backup option because he's a great kid. He's a winning player. I understand those attributes that he has. He's played at a big program for a long time now, and he's been very successful. And for the most part, you know, he keeps you on schedule. All right. So he keeps you on schedule. For me, there's just such a cap of what he has. I don't see anything consistent in the passing game that gets me excited. I don't think that he will ever elevate that. I think that he is a solid enough you know, extender as a, as a, as a quarterback. I think that he brings those attributes to the game, but for me, like, I mean, our ceiling is a potential quarterback three for me. Mm -hmm. That's what I think he is. I don't even think he's a, I don't even think he's your, your main backup. Like I just Mm -hmm. don't think that he's that guy, which I know a lot of Notre Dame fans are going to be angry about, but I just, I think he's going to have a hard time really finding a role and finding a long-term landing spot. And this is no disrespect Ian book. And I know that some people are going to take this as, 
I think, you know, the CFL is, is up in airs. I think he's a CFL guy that could potentially go down there and make a living up north for a long time. And I think that that's more likely what he would be if he wasn't the quarterback at Notre Dame. I understand mm-hmm. why people clamor to him. I just have very big doubts and some reservations about buying into what Ian Book is. Let me ask you this question, because uh, our football analyst, Vince Adaro, brought this up when we were talking about it. And again, we're college football guys talking about the NFL draft. So we, we mm-hmm. say right away, we're not draft expert experts, right? Mm-hmm. The, he brought up a, a, a guy that I thought was interesting, not necessarily from style of play, because they're different players, but more of a career. He mm-hmm. said he could see a scenario if he goes to the right team where Ian Book could sort of be a Chase Daniel. And the, the thought process was this. Ian Book is the kind of backup you want when you have an established veteran that you you, you just say, hey, look, this guy's going to play every snap. We just need a guy that if something happens, this guy can go in there and get us out of a game. And his the thought we had was, you know, because of he he can't he he's a quality athlete that's pretty mobile. He can go in there and, like you said, he can manage the game, make a couple plays with his legs, and get you out of a game. And then your 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 guy is back. He's not a backup quarterback like the Broncos are looking for a different kind of backup quarterback to Drew Locke. They're looking for a veteran quarterback who could play if Drew Locke falters. There, that's a different than the backup quarterback to, you know, Peyton Manning in his prime. <laughs> you know what I mean? What yeah. were you, what is your thoughts on on that? Do you see that possibility, or do you just think he just lacks the ability to just even impress enough to do that? I mean, it only takes one coach to fall in love, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I know he's going to be a great locker room guy. I know he's got mm-hmm. the leadership qualities, like all those things happen. And like, could he find, could he carve out a Chase Daniel niche? It's possible. Mm-hmm. I, but if, if, I mean, if I was a betting man here, not that I would bet against somebody's success, you know, to be successful sure. in life, but like, I'm just having a hard time seeing it, man. Like, I'll be very honest. I, I just think that there are so many limitations. And, and I know that the NFL, in some respects, disagrees with me. I know Jim Nagy from the Senior Bowl. I've talked to him a few, a, yeah. plenty of times about it. They like him. And I know that going into the years, you know, from Blesto scouts, they had like sixth-round grades on him. And obviously, he had a pretty solid year. So, I'm sure the grades have gone up a little bit in most NFL circles. But I, I mean, I tangibly, Brian, if you just ask, had to ask me, if could he be a Chase Daniel? I would say very unlikely. I, I just don't see it. I'm having a hard time seeing that reality personally. What I find interesting, Ryan, is there are some NFL people that really like Ian Book. But when you listen to the analysis of Chase Claypool and Cole Komet last year, I heard from scout after scout after scout that they viewed the quarterback as being a reason those guys weren't better. And so they say, well, he got better as a senior based on what, like what he threw 15 touchdowns in 12 games. Like, I don't see what he did as a senior. That was any different than what he did. The I'd say his best film was 2018, Mm -hmm. you know? So I I just have found that kind of puzzling. Why like Jim Nagy, I get why he likes him. I I think he puts a lot of value on character and and I, I like that about Jim. And I think Jim loves Notre Dame prospects because they show up to his event and they don't, they, they grind, they're great leaders and they don't leave before the game. Like some players from a specific school in the Southeast did this year. Um, So I get it, but I just, I personally have a hard time seeing it because in in order to be a backup quarterback, Mm -hmm. you have to be able to run the offense and you have to be able to make some throws. And, and what I'm curious to see happen is if Ian Book, like I thought he made some throws in practice that he never did at Notre Dame. 
there were some throws he made over the middle. There was one particular, I think it was a day two, where he read left and then banged a deep end cut on the backside coming back to it. Like nice and easy progression. We never saw that at Notre Dame. He threw a ball over the middle to a tight end between two linebackers. I was like, you know, because the thing I've said is his arm is better than people think. It is. I've seen him up close. I've seen him on the same field uh, as Daniel Jones. I've, you know, practicing or not, not Daniel Jones, uh, Jake Fromm. You know, I've seen him. I've seen him on the field with other guys that are on NFL rosters. I'm like, he has a stronger arm than that guy. It's not about arm strength for me. It's about, are you willing to use that arm strength to make throws that you have? You have to be willing to bang a 25 yard in cut in the NFL, or you're not going to make a roster. And he hasn't shown a willingness to do that on games. And I think that's going to be the thing for me is, is that's to me what hurts him. But here's the thing that, that I'll say to you, Ian book is a great practice player. And I don't mean that as an insult. He is a great practice player. Mm -hmm. That's why I think he's going to make an NFL team because what are you evaluating your backup quarterback on what he does in practice? (laughs) Right? So that's kind of where I could see him sneaking onto a roster. And then at that point, his character, and his willingness to just – I think Ian Book's going to be perfectly fine being a backup, and I don't mean that in an insulting manner at all. Um, and so I don't think you're going to have that rock-the-boat guy that's going to be like, well, I want my chance to play, you know, and and he's not going to be that fan favorite like Taysom Hill that you're like, oh, get him on the field. I think he's – that's why That's why I think Vince's scenario about Chase Daniel was interesting, but um, I, I think, like you said, though, it, it's going to have to – and that's why I think, honestly, him being undrafted would be better than being a sixth or seventh-round pick. Because yeah, I think at that point in time, he could kind of dictate that fit a little bit more. What are your thoughts on that part of it? Yeah, well, I, I so that is that, – I mean, it's a great point. I think that that's kind of the hidden aspect because, obviously, scouts are going to to um, school visits, right, and they're talking about uh, – they're talking to, to the coaches – they're seeing the practice, so they're going to be able to see more of that stuff. For a lot of this, though, for me specifically, like I'm just evaluating the game. So mm-hmm. unless I have seen that perspective of like, hey, he can do that, mm-hmm. he just for whatever reason hasn't taken right. it from a, you know, a, a practical approach to the game for whatever mm-hmm. reason, you know. So you need to see that. I mean, that is if he is able though to show those practice highlights and able to show what he can do, then I think that teams will be able to. Um, get excited about the potential and be able to keep him because the minute that he steps in the door, it's all about what he puts out for right. the organization. What he did in college doesn't matter. anymore. Right. So I right. think that's a great point uh, for me. It's just the inconsistencies on film is hard for mm-hmm. me to get excited about. But again, it all, it, as soon as he gets into the building, that is a completely empty slate and that's a completely mm-hmm. new process. It doesn't matter anymore about the 30 wins at Notre Dame and what he did as a, as the quarterback on game days, all right. it matters is what is he doing right. in the organization. Right. Very, very. It's going to be very interesting. And I will say this though: as much as I've banged on Ian Book personally as a player, I, I hope he finds a home because I, I think he's a really good kid. I, I really do, and I, and I hope he finds success. But uh, I think you and I are on the same page. Let's kind of wrap up the offense, just kind of talking about a couple of the wide receivers. Uh, Ben Skronik, you and I both, I think we're on the same page there. He's a, he's an undrafted free agent caliber guy. Correct. Is that kind of how you view him, especially with the injury he suffered down at the senior bowl? Where do you have, or do you have him as an undrafted guy? Or do you think he's a guy that could find a, a home at the end, bottom of the draft? I, I was hopeful for Skronik. You know, I, I was hopeful for a nice uh, little 
you know, I was hopeful that he was going to have somewhat of a solid showing at the senior bowl. I mean, it, it wasn't pretty to be honest, even the before the were, injury, it wasn't, it wasn't going it, well. It was not pretty, man. They were just staying glued to him, staying in phase, everything he did. It was, it's just, he's such a one note athlete. I, mm. I like a lot about him as far as being a physical player, blocking his tail off. Like he does a lot of good things that I thought could be, you know, give him the ability to be that glue guy to stick on the end of the roster. I just think that he showed the limitations that he has. I still think that he can in the right situation, find that niche because he does a lot of that dirty work that doesn't get highlighted as much. But I, I think the senior bowl is the lasting image you're going to mm. have of Ben Skoranek. And I don't think that's an image that he wants to be, have in people's minds. Yeah. I, I, and I think that's what showed up on film at Notre Dame. And, and I think that's a mistake Notre Dame made with him is he's not a guy you line up on the outside and just say, go play. I think what Northwestern did with him so well, is they moved him around. I mean, he'd play in the slot. He'd play field. He'd play boundary. He'd motion. He They, they did things to negate his lack of athleticism and being able to win at the line of scrimmage. And and I just don't know if if you're going to find an NFL team that's willing to put in the work you need to get him productive, they're just going to go get someone who's more athletic and do that with it. And that that's kind of where I think it is with him. Here's an interesting player. And that is Javon McKinley. I'm just going to turn it over to you and say what are your thoughts on Javon McKinley? Do you think he has a guy that has a chance to be drafted and what does he have to do between now in draft day to get himself on people's boards or more so to get him up on people's boards. He has to test well. Like when that pro day is, he has to show out because again, we're in a draft season this year in 2021 where there are limited opportunities to showcase your talents. So he really needs to leave a lasting impression as an athlete. He was a guy that was another high recruit that a lot of people were excited about. You know, he had some out insane film coming out of high school, like just some out like one-handed catches left and right. And it was mm-hmm. a lot of fun. And a lot of guys had, I know had high expectations for him. Um, I know he dealt with, you know, with a little bit of issues and inconsistencies and wasn't able to break out until he was a senior, but he had some nice moments this past year, you know, with the 2020 season, he's a leading receiver. He had some nice, nice games, um, some nice moments. There's some good film to, to kind of get your back onto. And, and, you know, just talking before the show, uh, there's a deep belief that he is going to test a lot better than maybe a lot of people anticipate. So now we're talking about a guy that has good size, good length to him, had some production last year that you're looking at. And plus if he is able to test well, then I think that he deserves potentially a late round option. Um, it just, it's going to really be dependent on one single day for him. Unfortunately this year with mm-hmm. no all-star appearance, uh, we're going to have to see for him just what type of athlete he tests at. It's, it's going to be for him. What is your last impression mm-hmm. in this draft process? The interesting thing about Javon McKinley is uh, it's the same argument I had with people leading up to the 2018 draft and the 2019 draft. I kept arguing with people last year, Chase Claypool's faster than you think. He's open a lot more than you think he is when you're watching it on television. I'm at games. I'm in the press box. The dude's getting open a lot more. I think a couple of things that helped them this year is he had his best games in the biggest moments. I mean, he, he smoked Asante Samuel a couple of times. He's going to be a day two, early day three pick, I would imagine. Correct? Asante Samuel from Florida State. Um, Smoked Clemson. You know, he had five catches for over 100 yards against Clemson. Had six catches for over 120 yards against North Carolina. And there's going to be a clip of him, the only chance he had to make a play on Caleb Farley in 2019. He beat him. You know, beat him off the ball and beat him on the back shoulder catch. So, I think the fact that he did play so well in, in, in big moments, and, and there were games where he was getting open, he just wasn't getting the ball. It was going to be a similar evaluation to what people said about Chase Claypool last year. 
Um, so, but to your point though, when you look at the lack of overall production, what they're not going to, I mean, I, I'm curious what NFL teams are going to hear. I was told by coaches at Notre Dame in 2018 and 2019 that there were stretches of the season where Javon McKinley was their best receiver in practice. They just couldn't do it consistently and he couldn't stay healthy. And I think that's going to be a, a, a concern for him is the fact he has so many injury issues. He did have the arrest that he had a couple of years ago, which is going to be a, a red flag. But I think that's going to be somewhat negated. He was also a first team all academic player in the ACC this year. I, I think that was sort of one of those things where, that was a kid who had a really bad day as opposed to a kid that has a systemic problem of of getting in trouble they're they're not going to find that they're going to find he did something really stupid got in trouble for it paid his paid his you know uh you know paid the price for it he came back and he was a, a you know a good member of the team since then which is why he came back as a fifth year senior Notre Dame it does not bring back fifth year seniors just because of football if you don't pass the off the field stuff they won't bring you back they don't care if you're a first round pick um so the fact that the university brought him back i think speaks volumes to his overall career as a student there um all of that said there's just so many things pulling back and forth good bad good bad to your point that's why the pro day is going to be so important for him he's going to have to be a 4-4 somewhere in the 4-4 i think if he's in the 4-4 that's going to that's going to say okay i loved the film check 4-4-8 there you go mm-hmm. and i think then he is a draftable guy if he runs in the mid to high four fives or worse I, I don't I just don't see a team taking a chance on him. But the interesting thing though is is I I, I won't be shocked if he runs a four four. I I was having this conversation with somebody yesterday. Going back to two thousand seven. Now let's remember who Notre Dame has had at receiver since two thousand seven, right? There have been four seasons where a Notre Dame receiver had forty or more catches and averaged over seventeen yards a catch. Golden Tate in two thousand eight, Michael Floyd in two thousand eight, they had a pretty good quarterback throwing the ball that year. Will Fuller in 2015 and Javon McKinley in 2020. That's it. So the knock that, well, he's he's a possession guy. Based on what? <laughs> His film doesn't say that. His right. film he's says big, he can get big. down. A, he's right. big. He has to be a possession receiver. And that's the, that was the same thing we heard about Miles Boykin, and it was the same thing we heard about Chase Claypool. I kept, look, Chase Claypool is a freak athlete. He is not a catch-a-hitch route and – you know, curl routes all day. He is, a, and we saw that this year at the Steelers. So I think Javon isn't the explosive athlete that those two guys are. That's the difference. Like, I think he'll test better in a 40, but I don't see him jumping 42 inches like those guys did or, or, or the broad jump that those guys did. And partly because he's had so many lower, he's had a, multiple lower body injuries. I think that's kind of sat them a little bit. So I think it's not just about 40 time that NFL teams are going to be looking at. It, and it wasn't just 40 time that for those two guys, it was also great wingspan, which Javon will probably have, but it was the 40 plus inch vertical jump. It was the great uh, broad jump. And Miles, people forget, Miles had one of the best shuttle times among the receivers of the combine, which was interesting because that does not show up on film at all. So I was really shocked by that. But, um, you know, like you said, though, he's going to need to do what they did. I mean, if Chase Claypool doesn't blow up at the combine last year, he's not getting picked by the Steelers. Well, maybe they would be smart enough to do it, but odds are he would have, he would have fallen more. Same with miles. If miles, miles was a third, a six, four, 220 pound guy that ran a four, four, two and jumped 40 inches still went in the third round. If he, (laughs) you, you know what I mean? And I think that's more of the comparison I see for Javon because Chase had a much longer career. You know, he was only the dude for one year, but he was playing all the way back to a sophomore year. Miles had one year plus one game, LSU plus one season. Yeah. Javon's another one where it's he just had one year really, you know, and 
I'm curious to see how NFL teams look at that. What? Let me wrap. Is this a kind of receiver class that allow will allow him to jump in? Because if he comes out last year with the same season, he ain't getting picked because <laughs> it was one of the most absurdly deep NFL receiver drafts I've ever seen. What is the draft class looking like this year? Could he could he slide in because of the draft class, or is it going to be another deep year where he's going to kind of get maybe pushed down further than he otherwise would? This receiver class this year might be better than last year's, Brian. From a depth like, standpoint it, it, or from just from a top? Well, top, wow. definitely from the top. There's some people that are going to, you know, there's some things to figure out because there's mm-hmm. a couple opt-out guys at the top, namely Jamar Chase. Like some people are going to kind of have varying opinions on him. But I will say up top, I think it's better than last year, and I think the depth is just as strong. I think it's mm-hmm. very deep class. So, I mean, Javon, Javon is going to have his – it's, it's going to have a little bit of a, a tough act here. He's going to really mm-hmm. need to impress because, again, like the limited opportunity coupled with the fact that it's such a deep class, yeah. it's going to be difficult for him, but just needs yeah. to try to get his opportunity in some way. Right. You know, because Jamar Chase really only played one full season as a starter, but, right. <laughs> but it was one, one of his the one season ever. was 84 catches for 1,780 yards and 20 touchdowns. <laughs> That's a little, a little different of a one-year wonder kind of thing. You know, he played a little bit as a freshman, but yeah, that that. But those are the things that go into these draft decisions. People say, "Well, this guy was drafted higher than I thought." Well, it's a bad year at the draft in his draft class. You know, right. uh, this guy fell. I can't believe he fell. What's well, because it's a loaded year at his draft class, and those are some of the the hidden things that I think people on my side, the fans, the the college people, don't always get that that the the quality of your draft class is also going to impact your specific position. You know, because some teams, hey, we met our need, we got our need, or, or you know, we could we could get an undrafted free agent receiver that's going to be as good as a kid we take in the sixth round, but we can't find a guard that's going to be as good as the guy we're going to take. And those things, that's what kind of makes the draft so interesting and and fun to follow and watch is is that aspect of it. But certainly going to be interesting. And that's what Notre Dame's pro day I think is the end of March. Mm-hmm. So he's a guy that to me, is there anybody on the offense that you think has more at stake? on the pro day than, than Javon or, or is it tremble? You think him and tremble probably have the two most at stake for the pro day? Yeah. Tremble was another guy that, that, that came to mind pretty quick. Cause like you said, if he's, if he's, I mean, cause I think he's going to test very well. If he's mm-hmm. a guy that goes in there and only runs like a four, seven, five mm-hmm. or worse, then we're starting to right. think about what the upside is and just kind of put that into perspective, kind of going off your, your last point. It's like, yes, we need to obviously understand what the, the position group each year. Cause last year, if Tommy Tremble's in the draft last year, he might be the first tight end drafted. <laughs> it was that bad of a tight end. The first two so, tight ends would have been Notre Dame guys. There's no question about absolutely. it. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it would have been a great debate. Like, do you want to mm-hmm. you want the upside with Tommy Tremble, right. or do you want Cole Komet, who just had this great productive right. season? So uh, just to kind of put that into perspective, but I think that Tremble and McKinley are probably the two most to gain as far as the yeah. pro day numbers this year. That's the interesting thing because so many colleges are not using tight ends. Or when they do have tight ends, they just they're just blockers. So it's it's harder to find. There's still a lot of NFL teams that want to throw to the tight end. It's just the supply and demand is different now. You, you're just not, and that's why I think Notre Dame is going to continue to just rack up guys getting drafted. You know, I mean, in two years we're going to be talking about number 87 and where in the first round he's going to fall. You know, uh, <laughs> so it's certainly going to be interesting. But um, Ryan, thanks for for joining us to talk about the Notre Dame offensive prospects. Uh, we're going to be back later to break down the Notre Dame defensive prospects. That's not as many, 
but some very intriguing players that I could also see us having conversations about as far as having a wide array of opinions. So uh, for Ryan Roberts, I'm Brian Driscoll. We'll talk to you again here very soon. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.